welcome to the Chronically Well podcast, friend. My name is Callie Dixon, and I am your host. And today, I have the absolute pleasure of being able to interview Christina Hoyer. Christina is a mindset and personal wellness coach for entrepreneurs. She used to be a rescue swimmer for the Navy, and she also happens to have as many of my guests do, a chronic illness that she has used to completely transform her thinking and that she's actually used to um, build her business. So I'm really excited to talk to Christina today, not only about her own story, but about what she teaches in her coaching. I think you're going to find it really helpful. You're going to get some tips on how to shift that mindset into really a wellness mindset away from illness thinking. So here we go. I work with young professionals or entrepreneurs who have lost sight of their health and their wellness Hmm. along the way of their pursuit of success. We live in America where we apparently don't believe in rest. And so we have a chronic problem here with health and wellness and mindset and nutrition and food, we have to eventually come to a point in our life where we decide, well, dang, if I can take ownership over this, then I'm just going to do it. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chronically Well podcast. Today, I am so excited to be interviewing Christina Hoyer. She is the coach and founder of Rehuman. We're going to talk about that. Um, Hi, Christina. Hi. Such a pleasure to be on today. I'm so excited to have you here, and I'm so excited to meet you. Christina and I have a mutual friend, Lauren Davis, and I was telling Christina that any person Lauren introduces me to is bound to be an amazing human, so. Yes, she just attracts them because she's amazing, so. (laughs) So thanks, Lauren. (laughs) Um, Christina, can you give everyone a little bit of a background into, and I'm saying it right, right? Rehuman? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yep, absolutely. Um, What is it that you do? Who do you help? What's your goal with that? Yeah, absolutely. So Rehuman is kind of, man, the long-term goal for it is a little bit more expansive, but right now it's basically, I work with young professionals or entrepreneurs who have lost sight of their health and their wellness Hmm. along the way of their pursuit of success. And I work with, like, honestly, I, I say like professionals because it's just like anyone across the board who does anything that they love, Mm -hmm. who has lost sight of themselves, just like grinding away because we live in America where we apparently don't believe in rest. And so we have a chronic problem here with health and wellness and mindset and nutrition and food, all of these things. So I help professionals reconnect with that, reconnect with their why, reconnect with who they are, reconnect with their health, and then make it sustainable for them to be able to still pursue success, but to elevate their game because they've actually elevated their wellness Mm -hmm. and they can integrate that with their pursuit of success instead of being like, well, either I'm successful or I'm healthy. It's like, no, no, no. You're (laughs) more successful when you are healthy because it's sustainable. So that's kind of like the 
the goal right now for every human and kind of who I work with. I love that. It's funny because you, I feel like there is that message where you have to choose. And that's kind of where I'm at in my life too. It's like, well, you either work yourself to death and right. you're successful or you just don't do anything and then nothing happens, you know? So, or you take care of your health. So yeah, it's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> right. How do I do that? Right. Like how do I genuinely yeah. do that without that almost causing like more stress, right? The pursuit of health. Yes. Being like, well, now I'm fail- failing at this. Mm-hmm. So how do I now be successful at both of these things? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, do I do my celery juice or do I edit the podcast? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true, right? Because right? celery juice takes a long time. It does. <laughs> it it does. Well, and I go in through spurts where I'm like really into my juicer and then it just sat at the top of my stairs to go down to my basement next to the cat litter for about three months. So I'm like, <laughs> I think I need a new juicer because it might have cat stuff in it. I don't know. It's gross. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> I'm Maybe. off top. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. Anyway, that was a great description of what you do. Um, so I have to be honest, when I went to research you, I just, because Lauren is like, this is my nutritionist. And I was like, I was okay nutritionist nutritionist tells you what you eat and then that's it (laughs) right and they're like this is all you can see it's very boring don't yes you're like Like, okay (laughs) it's like apples and um well and when I when because I have interstitial cystitis it's a bladder disease um and they have a very, very restrictive, specific diet that you go on. So when I hear like a nutrition plan, my heart starts to get a little like panicky and I go back back to that state of restriction, you know? Mm. Um, But what I found is that you take into account the entire human mind, body, like the entire experience. Um, And I was just listening to you on Mike Kim's podcast um, and you were talking about the five pillars and that really, that stuck out to me. That was like part of Ooh, good. What is this? So could you yes. break those down for everyone listening? What are the five pillars? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was honestly one of my biggest catalysts just as far as launching Rehuman was just knowing and being well aware of that most practitioners are like that, right? They're like one mm-hmm. pillar, like they're specialists, yeah. right? Which is great. Be a specialist, but also be a generalist. Yeah. And so my, so the five pillars and the soon to be six. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so watching of the six, right? Um, so the five pillars are mindset, movement, mindset, nature, movement. nutrition, rest, and community. And what community so, is the new one? Yeah. Community Ooh. is the new one. Behind yeah. The scenes. When is that launching officially? So probably March timeframe. Okay. Um, because I have to gather the research naturally and then also figure out how I'm planning on integrating it into something that's accessible for clients instead of being like, hey, you need to find a community, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, here's a community that's provided for you and how you can connect to it. That's cool. Because there's so much research, especially in today's day and age, in the way that we live, right? We're so connected via technology that we are we are experiencing the opposite of that end of the pendulum when it comes to our in-person interactions mm-hmm. and our capability of being in a community in real life, right? Like a real and life. And there's like so much physiologically that goes on when you connect with a human. 
and in like real what? life. Tell me. There's like just like hormonally, there's so much that changes. There's a lot of things like when it comes to like your your mindset and your mental state, mm-hmm. knowing that you have like this real community in person. So like if you look at people that still live in like tribes, right? Like mm-hmm. tribal, tribal people, they have this community that is so deep seated that it's not, they don't get shooken by the same kind of stuff that we do here because they have that like really strong foundation of like, no, this is my home. And I know that no matter what, I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And then you like, look at us and it's like, we're so individualistic that you don't have that, you know? Yeah. Or you think you have it because you've got your forums and your support groups. And that's actually a big issue that I have with the chronic illness community. It's like a, it's not, it's not always the best. Best. Right. So that's interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I'm no, I'm absolutely. I'll, yes. And I'll totally share all the research yeah. and stuff with you. Awesome. And we'll put links at the end too. So everybody can keep an eye on what you're doing. Love it. Um, so why, why the, the six pillars? Why is that important to you? What brought you to this moment in your career, to this career specifically? Yeah. Um, well, I was a rescue. I was a rescue swimmer for six years in the Navy and it was amazing. (laughs) I loved it. Loved it. Wow. Um, but that career and who I am as a person, I'm very, very a driven, Mm -hmm. very perfectionist, very, mm, go, go, go. I want to say, And so that career was a perfect fit for me at that time, but it also enabled my poor habits of blatantly and intentionally separating myself from my own body. Mm. And so I got into this cycle of like blatantly ignoring these loud signs of my body being like, hey, I'm not okay. Hey, I'm not okay. (laughs) Hey, I'm not okay. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're like, shh. Okay, everything's fine. Right? <laughs> it's fine. Okay. All of your limbs are still attached. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. oh. so did that for six years. And then on my last year in the service, I actually started getting really, really sick, like to the point I could not ignore it. And I was, I thought that I was just in pain. So I have a chronic pain condition as well. And it's just a chronic pelvic pain condition that is undiagnosed. Hmm. So nobody can figure it out, um, which is fine. Like they can't with pelvic stuff. It's like a very, very complicated thing to get a diagnosis on. Mm -hmm. There's so much that goes on in there. No, it's okay. Yeah, Yeah. there is lots of nerves. nerves. So many, right? So (laughs) many. And um, so I started like throwing up from the pain no. in the elevator. No. And so I was like, I guess I should go to see a doctor, right? Yeah, your body wasn't going to let you ignore it anymore. No. There comes a point, you know, where it's just like it will cut you off. Mm-hmm. It will be like, all right, you're done. So went to the went to the doctor, got all kinds of tests and scans. And then what happens in the service is essentially if they can't figure out what's wrong with you, but the pain continues to the point, or not with everyone in the service, but if you're an aviator, 
mm-hmm. you can't be on pain kill painkillers, right? Mm-hmm. And at the time I was like, I, I can't even get out of bed unless I'm like taking something. Yeah. So I ended up getting medically discharged from the service due mm-hmm. to the pain condition. And then to me, that was like losing everything I ever wanted in life, you know, because I was like one out of a few females to ever like get to that position in a career in the service and took me so long to get there and like so much physical training and so much mental training and so much just like perseverance when it comes to like the mentality of things. And so I hit like this pivotal moment, like in the lowest of the lows where I was literally like crying on the floor, like in a, in a fetal position and was like, I've lost everything. Like I've lost my physical capability of like being the same kind of tempo person that I thought I could be. And then I lost a career that I've always wanted that I dreamt of for so long that I worked so hard for. And now I don't even know who I am anymore. Cause at the time I was like, I'm Christina Hoyer. I'm a United States Navy rescue swimmer. I'm a badass, right? Like (laughs) I can do anything I want. And then they were like, let me rip that right off. Yeah. And so out of all of that pain was born rehuman because I don't ever want to see another professional who has that same drive, who has that same capability to drive themselves so far into the ground, blatantly ignoring the the loud warning signs. Mm-hmm. And when I can help them not reach that point and help them learn how to like, you can be sustainably healthy while being an A-driven, yeah. like seven shots of espresso type of person, <laughs> you know, and like not ever have to crash and burn. So that's where Rehuman was born out of was just kind of reconnecting becoming a human again and not thinking that you always have to be like this elevated out of this world, Mm -hmm. like person that doesn't even feel this existence, Mm -hmm. you know? I love that, that, um, there's a lot of research on chronic illness and the sense of identity, like the loss of identity after you get sick. And I think it's really interesting to see people who, you know, you still have pain, a lot of people that are successful despite their illness, it's like they get that. It's like you learn, okay, I'm not, I'm not my career, I'm not this, but you you identify with that, what's underneath it all, and that's what, it just yeah. seems like rehuman is that for you. So that's really it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, I love that. That's such a perfect way to put it, which is so true for anyone who has. I mean, I'm sure there are several listeners that you have that do struggle with things mm-hmm. like that, and like there's, there's that one pivotal moment where you have that realization where you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. I am not my pain. Yeah. And I, I am not my career. Like I am not my successes, nor am I my failures. Like mm. I'm a whole human separate from all of that. And that alone is a miracle. Yes. You yeah. Know? The day that you realize that, and I think even just like the roles that you play, because for me, I was, you know, mom and wife and all of these things. And I just felt like I couldn't be any of those things. And then that's what really gets you down. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, I can't be those things, but you aren't those things. So that's why I really attached to your idea of rehuman too. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I'm not trying to get free coaching. Okay. (laughs) 
Either way. <laughs> but <laughs> I had a really big question come up while I was listening to that podcast um, that you did with Mike. And you were talking about how emotional pain will manifest mm-hmm. in the body if you don't deal with it properly. And mm-hmm. so as like right now, this past month, <laughs> this past year has just been, it's just been grieving, like grieving my marriage, grieving my, my grandma just passed away. So, um, everyone tells you, okay, you need to deal with the pain. Yeah. How the heck do we do that? What is your <laughs> advice? How do you, what is dealing? What is, how do you deal with it? Yeah, totally. Um, beautiful question. Also, I love that that's what you picked up on in my podcast because <laughs> I threw that out there and I was like, well, that's going to be too woo-woo-y for his audience, maybe. <laughs> well, I'm the woo-woo-y person that was listening. I am too. Oh. Um, so I love, love, love that that landed with you. Um, I would say my biggest thing to tell you would be it's different for every person, right? And I would never tell anyone to deal with the pain because that's just such a poor way to put it. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I would tell people is you need to sit with the pain. Sit with it. And you need to, it's almost like meditation, Mm -hmm. but a really, really long meditation and a living meditation. Mm -hmm. And allowing yourself like the exercise that I'll bring people through when I'm doing like the mindset or well, like the mindset side of my coaching Mm-hmm. And when they we get to that point in our client relationship where they feel really comfortable like working through these types of things with me is like placing like one hand over your heart and one hand over like the lower part of your belly. Because mm-hmm. when you look at like all kinds of other practices like yogic stuff, right? Like your belly is your like power center, right? That's like where you're getting, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. That's where you're like getting all of this like life force from. <clears throat> and especially when you're grieving or you're transitioning, the hips are like a huge indicator of like your willingness to change or move or transition, right? So like right in between your hips is where that chakra sits, where your power center sits. Mm-hmm. So like if you're not willing to move through something yet, which is fine, there's no reason to force it, but like feeling and acknowledging and then placing your hand over your heart and being able to connect those two, right? With your hands and then just like breathing really, really deeply And like focusing just on that breath, Mm -hmm. not even moving past any more of than just sitting in that moment for like 10 minutes with just yourself. I can almost promise you if you're there for 10 minutes, you will cry. Mm -hmm. And if you allow yourself to cry, that's how you sit with your grief and just allow it to happen without like that, you know, especially with, with people who tend to get chronic pain, we're all like really a type people. Mm-hmm. And we're like, listen, I am a boss chick and I, <laughs> I do not need to be crying right now. Right. I got too much to do. I got too much to handle. I got whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that's what keeps us in that cycle, right. Mm-hmm. Is like judging yourself for what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. The more judgment you place on yourself, the bigger, like, I don't know if you've ever heard like grief explain like a ball in a box. Oh, and I like, that in it. no. Oh, you haven't? Okay, ball in my- a box? No, I haven't. Go. Yes. <laughs> this is my favorite analogy. I hope we, I hope it resonates with you too. So yeah. when something first happens, mm-hmm. grief is like a like a ball in a box. Mm-hmm. And the ball is big enough to where it touches all four sides of the box at that time, right? When it first starts. And as 
time goes on, the ball gets smaller, but the box stays the same size. So as the ball gets smaller, it starts to be able to move around in the box. And when the ball touches the side of the box, that's when you feel the grief, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then it got smaller and then it moves at the same pace. So it's like, you'll occasionally feel it, but you don't feel it as much as when the bo- ball was the same size as the box. Yeah. So it allows for it to shrink and you to not feel it as frequently. That doesn't mean it's ever going to, that doesn't mean it's going to go away right away. It doesn't mean it's going to shrink quickly. Yeah. Right. I love that. I love it. Isn't that perfect? Yeah. I'll be like, okay. I think it also, it helps to explain the recurrence of like when you think you're past it. Cause I mean, I've been grieving my marriage really honestly for years, but like, yeah. And so I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm good. And then like, next week I'll see like a family together and I'm like, you know, I'm not good anymore. (laughs) Not good right now. Yeah. Um, that's so good. And I love that. Um, so I've, I've been doing, it's, it's this late, her name is Melanie Tanya and she does, it's called Quanta Healing. Okay. Um, and so she just takes you through. It's real. I mean, talk about woo woo. It's real woo woo, but it's so good. And she like takes you through a meditation and it's, it's like that whole, like you identify where you feel like a, I love a, it. a sensation or like the trauma or whatever in your body. And then, um, like, how old are you? How old is this pain? Yes. Every time, like, even though I'm like, this is dumb, this is dumb. Like <laughs> I'm sobbing by the end of it. And it, I love it. It's so healing. It's so, it's crazy, but good. No, it. it makes so much sense. And I think that that is sometimes, and no hate on anyone who's very conventional, right? I have a very conventional family, mm-hmm. but I feel like sometimes our unwillingness to be open-minded to new healing modalities is what keeps us sick for longer. Mm-hmm. And I'm fully like, I'm way woo woo. So there's nothing. That you can't. <laughs> yeah. I'm way on board with all that stuff. But even when you look at like Chinese medicine, right. And Chinese medicine has been around for thousands, yeah, thousands of years. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Long time. we, yeah. Right. We hold like anger in our liver and mm-hmm. like grief in our lungs and like worry in our stomach and stress in our heart, you know, and fear in our kidneys. Right. So it's like, there are um, physical things that manifest from emotions that we either can't or don't process at the time. And like, especially with what you're talking about, even when you go to like, think about like trauma when you were younger, say there was this crazy and traumatic experience that happened when you were like two or even like coming out of the womb, Mm -hmm. processing those emotions at that point in your life was not an option because you aren't developed enough here, right? Mentally, like, like literally neurologically. And then those emotions have to go somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Like that has to go somewhere in the body, right? It's just like this experience happened. I'm not being processed. Where do I go? Mm -hmm. You go Mm -hmm. somewhere in the body. And then further down the line, you are enabled to process it if you choose to. And it's a bitch. <laughs> right? <laughs> it is. Um, so you're the first guest that I'm actually officially bringing this topic up with. Actually, I don't even know that I've really talked about my divorce much at all on the podcast, but you know what? It's there. It's happening. Um, yeah. So 
what pillars do you think, and this doesn't have to just be with divorce, but do we go through when, or do we neglect, um, when we go through relational stressors? So, um, I don't know. I think, I feel like a lot of people when they go through like a breakup or, you know, something significant, the loss of a really great friend or, you know, Mm. an estrangement or whatever. Um, I think people go into lots of modes where they're like, okay, all right, so that hurts. So now, so now I'm going to go into dieting. I'm going to work out. I'm going to go to the gym all the time. You know, (laughs) Totally. It's like one extreme or the other. Yeah. I'm going to like get all sexy again and, um, feel good about myself. Um, anyway, so I think the motivation might not always be to become a whole human. It's just sort of that like immediate reaction to something that hurts. So how do we ensure that we're doing what we're doing for the right reason? Like we're dieting for the right reason or we're working out for the right reason or whatever it may be. And like, what would, what would you recommend to somebody? Like, what is a realistic goal and how do you know that it's not an unhealthy reaction to pain? Yeah. I love that question. Um, first question, top three places people usually neglect Mm -hmm. community is big. Um, because it's a pride issue and an ego issue for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Rest is huge, Mm -hmm. right? All around rest is huge and neglected often. And then mindset. Um, I was going to say nutrition, but I'll tell you my thought on nutrition instead. Okay. So mindset I'd say is neglected because if you are already in like a practice of observing what you tell yourself normally, when you go through grief or like an extreme loss, like even just a breakup, right? Breakups can be devastating, right? Like depending on, it doesn't even depend on how long the relationship was, right? Love is love and things hurt. Yeah. If you don't already like pay attention to how you're talking to yourself, there's a really high chance that the percentage of the amount that you talk shit to yourself is probably Mm -hmm. increasing by like 150%. Mm-hmm. when something bad happens. And so mindset wise, I really encourage people, if you don't like journaling, you don't have to, but I'd really encourage people to pick up a journaling practice. Mm-hmm. And there's like an artist technique called morning pages. Yes. I love, love morning it. pages. Yes. Me explain, explain what morning pages is. Anybody listening? So, Morning pages is essentially like a really beautiful way for you to like wake up and it's supposed to be three whole pages of free writing for you to get out everything that's kind of clogging the pipes of your mind to enable you to actually reach into your creativity, your true potential, your flow for the rest of the day. So originally started as an artist technique, but adapted for a lot of people as like a morning routine to increase productivity and longevity. I kind of adapt it to like a one page for the people who are not quite mm-hmm. as journal friendly, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause it took me a long time to even be able to fill out one page. Like there was a time in my life where I was like, just fill out one whole page with really big writing of like, I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I am tired and I want to go back to sleep. But even if that's all you said, write it like 30 times. Yeah. And I can promise you by like the 10th, you'll be like, all right, I actually have something I want to write down. Yeah. Yeah. 
So starting a journaling practice during the grieving period and, and writing it down gives you an opportunity to acknowledge your emotions without having to speak it to another human until you're ready. Mm. And giving yourself that space can actually like bridge the gap between the shit talking that you would be doing all day to writing it down and acknowledging like, I feel guilty today. I feel remorseful today. I feel alone today. I feel alive today. I feel happy, but I feel guilty about being happy. I feel Mm. lost, Mm -hmm. you know, like all of those feelings allow yourself some space to dissect them. And then Rest, of course, there's those two extremes, right? Some people are like, I want to Ben and Jerry's all day and (laughs) sleep. (laughs) Or I want to go to the gym and I'm going to go hard and I'm probably going to get injured. (laughs) So you get like these two extremes. Um, The rest and kind of allows you to zoom out and actually unplug from everything that stimulates you. So like leave your phone at home, go for a walk and unplug and rest. That's actually a way of resting, right? Like real rest, go for a surf. If you like surfing, like knit, like do something where it's like nobody else is influencing this, your mind or your heart for like 30 minutes and see how you feel. And that reconnection should enable you to really find the direction you should be going. So you're not just like, oh, well, people in society tell me that when I break up with somebody, the best way to stick it to them is for me to get sexy AF, right? (laughs) Which it is, right? (laughs) (laughs) But allow yourself that time to reconnect. Mm. And then for nutrition, because it's very easy to go balls to the wall one side or the other. Right. Give me all the chocolate. Give me all the wine or... I'm give me all the vegetables. Three kids, I need to work off this belly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, is find something that nourishes you. Mm. Right. Not is not, I'm not talking like fried chicken and potatoes, right? Mm. Even though I love like home food, right? Yeah. Like nourishes you. So like when you go to eat something, and this is across the board, even when you're not grieving. Mm-hmm. Like when you go to eat something or drink something or even do something like stop for three seconds. Nobody can tell me you don't have time for this. Stop for three seconds and be like, does this actually nourish me? Ooh, that's good. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or am I being emotional? Am I going to regret this later? Right? And if I am being emotional, what can I do right now to acknowledge those feelings instead of suffocate them with the Ben and Jerry's? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, what can I do now to move through those feelings? Like, do I need to turn on some music crazy, crazy loud and like dance my soul out, right? Because mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Or do I need to walk? Do I need to go run? Do I need to move to get this flowing? Or do I need to sit mm. to listen? I love that. I love um, what a big one for me has just been like a cup of hot tea. Mm. That's, oh, is that what you're drinking? Yes. <laughs> I love hot tea. <laughs> so nourishing and it's so comforting. And I just remember as a kid, like if I was sick, my mom would make me hot tea and it's just that connection of, or if I had a bad day, come sit down, let's have a cup of tea. You know, it's just, yes, yeah, it's nourishing. Yes. I love that. I love that. Although sometimes Ben and Jerry's looks awful nourishing. (laughs) (laughs) And also like don't, 
<laughs> the extreme is there with yeah. that too. Like no judgment, like eat the Ben and Jerry's. You're not going to like hurt yourself by like having Ben and Jerry's and wine right. when you're grieving. Right. But be like shoveling it into your mouth. Like I deserve this. <laughs> That's not approach either. That's probably not good. Yeah. I follow you. I follow you. I'm <laughs> gotta go in the middle. You know, the yin and the yang. Totally. Um, okay. Amazing answer to that question. Thank you. Okay. So let's go to mind body. Um, I was sick for a year and a half. Um, I was told probably wouldn't get better if I did, you know, it would come back a lot. I was told by a nurse that I'd never be able to eat. Like she told me I was going to be on that restricted diet forever. Um, but then there was like this day, I remember where I was, I was out on like my back porch. I'd just been like laying in the sun. I opened up the door and it just dawned on me. I was just like, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm healing right now. Like I'm actually healing and maybe I'm not healed, but I'm healing. And then I did. And I know that doesn't happen for everybody in like a physical sense, you know, but, um, why do you think we have to tell ourselves these things? And it's like, for me, I'm a very, um, I like to think that I'm an optimist, but I just realized recently that I'm actually a pessimist. (laughs) (laughs) What a, what a crazy realization. What, how to, I don't know. I just, well, because I, or are you there? Okay. Oh yeah. Because I worry about everything. Like I'm, like I'm, I'm really like, I love life. I love diving deeply into life. I love experiencing all these things. And you know, you show, you you take me on a trip and I'm like, Whoa, this is awesome. But then like if my kid gets sick, like my son is sick right now, yesterday, his temperature was like 103 and I was like, he's dead. He's going to die. Like I got to take him to the emergency room right now. Like I go worst case scenario. So I don't know. It's just like dawned on me this year as I've been just, you know, trying to learn a little bit more about myself. Like, no, I think I'm actually a pessimist. Like interesting. Yeah. So when I got sick, I was like, I was like, nope, I'm not going to get better. They said, I'm not going to get better. And this right. is terrible. And it's the end of the world until that day where it was, it just was a choice where I was just like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to start healing. I'm just going to start thinking differently. Yeah. And I don't know. So I don't know. What is, what is, I, love, I have an answer I love to this. That. I don't. Yeah. What's your, what's your take? Oh, um, so this is an expansive question. <laughs> Definitely very expansive. Sorry. Um, no, don't be sorry. It's a, be- it's a great, beautiful question. And like, I love that that's how it happened for you because that's how it happens is you just one day you decide yeah, and you realize this is, this is what I can say about the mind body connection is you, this, your mind. Mm-hmm lives in complete darkness and what it interprets and sends to the body comes through all of our senses and it comes from our reality Mm -hmm. what we have learned what we have experienced and what we have told ourselves about what we have experienced and learned Mm -hmm. so you can take all of that and realize that a good percentage of that is what you have told yourself about what you have experienced and learned. Mm-hmm. You have ownership over this yeah. sphere. You also have a good majority of ownership over what you hear, what you see, what you say, what you taste, what you feel. Mm-hmm. 
a good majority, right? There's obviously the median and all that other kind of stuff, but you can filter out some, yeah. right? So we have to eventually come to a point in our life where we decide, well, dang, if I can take ownership over this, mm-hmm. then I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's my choice to make my life better because nobody else can ever do it for me. Nobody will ever be able to save me the way that I can save myself. And once you can change that inner dialogue from I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick to I'm healing, I'm healing, I'm healing, I'm healing things will start to shift because that's the reality. You're telling this dark box of darkness up here that it needs to start perceiving is I'm healing. And then it starts to see parts of your life where you're healing instead of see parts of your life where you're sick or where you've experienced loss or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I, I remember in one of like the psychology classes I was taking, they were like, just think about, tell yourself, you're not going to see a yellow bus, right? And like say it to yourself like over and over again, right? And just like for the next week, try not to see any yellow buses, right? Mm-hmm. I saw like 17 <laughs> yellow buses, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I've never seen like, I live in San Diego downtown. Like we don't live like a school district. Like there's no like yellow school buses anywhere. Like, and it was like yellow, like everywhere. Vans. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm like, what's happening? So it's, it's like simple exercises like that. Like if anybody in the audience can do that, right. Do it with a yellow bus, do it with like something that you feel like is weird. Like I want to see a red elephant or like things you can do whatever. And you're going to, you're subconsciously going to be analyzing and looking for and picking up signs that can indicate what you're focusing on. So what we focus on, we create because we find it in our subconscious and then it becomes in our conscious and then we create in our reality. Mm-hmm. So there's that side and then there's all kinds of depth of like when it comes to chronic pain, the level of, this is going to sound bad to some people, right? Because when I first learned about it, I was like, oh, no. It's offensive. <laughs> it's offensive to a lot of people. It's a, it's a hard, I don't know where you're going exactly, but I think I know. Right. And it's, some people take it as an offense to what they're experiencing. So it's not like we're not honoring what you're experiencing and it's not real, but it. Yeah. Okay. You know where I'm going. Totally. I think I do, but go. Sorry. Yeah. So there's like this, when we become, when we experience chronic pain, Mm -hmm. we almost get into this point of like attachment with the chronic pain. Yeah. And that is our comfort zone, even though it's extremely uncomfortable, it's brutal. It sucks. It can ruin parts of your life for a long time. That is what you know now. Mm -hmm. And then it takes this leap of faith Mm. and trust in yourself and trust in your own strength and your own capability, your own survivability Mm -hmm. to be like, you know what? I'm done. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm going to flip this script around because I'm done letting this control my life. And I'm done being attached to this being a part of my reality. And I'm going to sever this cord and cross this bridge. And even if I have to cross it 300 times, yeah, that's better than living on this other side powerlessly yeah. and just allowing yourself to do it. 
Yes. Oh, that's so good. I like the bridge. Um, yeah, it's like that identity piece, you know, because, mm-hmm. and that's the whole, the whole reason, the whole pun, I guess it's a pun kind of, of the name of this podcast is that chronically well, because from the I minute love you get sick, you're told you're sick and you have a chronic illness and it's chronic, it's forever, you know, and so right. it's forever, forever I am sick. And that's a lot, that's a lot to take in. And then you feel like you too, um, you feel like you're in denial. I think that a lot of people think that you're in denial. If you say I'm well, mm-hmm. it's not, but I, I remember thinking like, okay, for me to actually deal with this, I have to completely sink into it and be yeah. overwhelmed by it and be a part of these communities and put out the memes that say my life is terrible and every day is a Monday. And, um, you know, and so I think for a while I was like, I, I all that always bothered me though. It did always bother me in the communities where it was. Like, and, the, and the thing is, it's there are people like you're still in pain. Like there's still like it's not like you just yeah. think, okay, I'm going to be better, and you're better. It's just that different way of of thinking. Like, okay, I yeah. might have pain, but I can still enjoy my life. Like, I see, yes, there's still a depth to life in front of me right now. And I'm not sick. I'm well, I have yeah. pain, but I'm not sick. I am not a sick person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think the the part of the puzzle, well, two things. Number one, there's so many studies on people getting more sick after they're officially diagnosed with something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the diagnosis itself yes. can be like a badge that you end up wearing and yeah reaffirming to yourself every day. Mm-hmm. And then the second second piece of the puzzle is like realizing that it's not the change in the mindset is not about ignoring your pain. No. But the change in the mindset is about acknowledging the power in your purpose. Yes. Ooh. And that you have so much to live for that it would be a shame to let this be like a brick tied to you in deep water. And just let it sink and make you struggle for so long when it's like, oh, I'm just going to pick this brick up. I'm going to throw it on the shore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'm going to swim to the shore and I'm going to go do something awesome with my life. Yeah, I'm still going to have this brick with me, mm-hmm. but it's going to be, I'm not going to be drowning anymore. I'm just going to know it's here. Yeah. Oh, it's such a hard thing to do though. It is really, mm-hmm. it only took me like almost two years. So. That's okay. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and I still have days. I still yeah. have so many days. I do too. I have days where I feel really sorry for myself. Like I don't, I, I'm pretty much in remission now, but I'll have like flares where I'll have stuff that happens. I'm like, man, like, why does everybody else get a normal life? And I have to think about this stupid illness all the time or, you know, like yeah. where you just, you could, you do, you get sucked into it. But I think it also gives you a gift because I was just, I've been listening to this book, um, the untethered soul, oh, man. Oh, Yes. One of my favorite books of all time. So good. And I just heard, I only have seven minutes left of the book because I'm listening to it. But, um, he was the chapter on death and like how, if we actually think about death, it gives more power to life. And just Mm -hmm. feel like that concept is true with chronic illnesses, like because we have been sick and we know what sick is, we know what well is better than anybody, you know, we have so much appreciation for the good things because we're overwhelmed. We've been overwhelmed. We've been stuck in what feels like death. You know, it really does. 
um, pain is not pleasant. It's associated with death really, because that's what it pain usually leads to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you like that book. (laughs) I recommend it to almost every person I ever meet. (laughs) Um, and on the death part too, like if anybody listening is interested, mm-hmm. um, there's an, a meditation, like literally a death meditation that has been practiced in Buddhism for a really long time, not associated with any religion because there's people that don't yeah. necessarily practice Buddhism that practice the meditation. Yeah. And it's essentially like you will be guided, you get guided through a meditation and you experience what it would be like to die like over and over and over again in the meditation. And they practice this like regularly in order to bring death, like death to the forefront of their mind and so that they can increase the potency of their life. So like you were saying, it's essentially the same concept with chronic illness Mm -hmm. is you have this at the forefront of your mind and you can either take it as something to be afraid of or something to empower you to live like life even greater because you understand what it feels like to not be mm-hmm. normal, right? Quote unquote. And I think that's that's why it was so devastating for me as a natural warrior, as someone like, and just reading this book, it's revealed a lot to me too, where it's like, I'm living in the future of protecting myself, protecting the future so I can enjoy today, you know? Yeah. And what I'm really learning is that when you're doing that, you're not experiencing today. You're just yes. trying to protect yourself from today. So when I got sick, it was like, well, the rest of my life is ruined and this is terrible. And I think it was really just finally living in what is beautiful in front of my face right now, <laughs> because yep. I don't know, maybe I will be sick and in pain forever, but that doesn't change the fact that it feels amazing out today and the sun is mm-hmm. on my skin today. And yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. I love crazy. that crazy what yeah. you go through and learn, but I think, I think it's, a, I don't know. I've finally gotten to the point in my life where I'm like, I, I'm actually thankful for my illness because yeah. Okay. I want to get a meditation from you too. Um, that definitely. Oh, totally. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll, um, uh, it scares you. the hell out of me as someone who's afraid of death, but I am, I'm sure. so intrigued by this idea. <laughs> yeah. And there's like, I don't know if you'd be able to find it on YouTube or anything. I wouldn't recommend Anybody to do it off of a guided thing online, I would recommend to go to somebody in person and have a practitioner guide you through it. Just because just like anybody who goes through any meditative state for either the first time or the hundred millionth time, you can have emotional reactions. Yeah. And to have somebody there who's trained to hold the space properly for you. Yeah. as you transition or to be able to pull you out of the meditation if you become too anxious while you're in it. Yeah. Okay. I would highly encourage people to seek out a practitioner for it. Okay. Thank yeah. you. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So this is going to be a little bit of an abrupt switch, but maybe not. Um, nature. So that's been yeah. a, a big one for me in my healing process was just like, just literally just like laying out in the sun, but, um, just when going on hikes and those types of things are so healing for me. Why, why is that? Yeah. What's up with nature girl? Right. (laughs) Why is that even a pillar? That's like so weird. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so multi-layered of course, but 
the basis of it is so like the basis of everything. I really love like tribal basis of things because it's where we came from. We came from tribes. We all grew up in our human nature mm-hmm. tribally. Yeah. And so nature was our first home. That is where we came from and mm-hmm. it is where we are most deeply connected. Say that again. And nature, nature is our first home. Home. Um, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Isn't that nice, right? Yes, I love that. Yeah, and um, we today, like if you were to ask most people, when was the last time you were really in nature? Like really in nature, like you didn't have your phone, mm-hmm. you didn't have music playing, you weren't drinking a beer, <laughs> you didn't have a barbecue going, right? Like, camping, yeah. Camping, you weren't yeah. sleeping in this vehicle where it's like all... <laughs> fancy, right? Right. Not saying that people have to camp to get the health benefits. I'm not saying that, but when was the last time you disconnected? And then like you, I mean, everybody's heard this phrase, right? Disconnected to reconnect. Mm -hmm. Like when was the last time you disconnected from the societal hustle and bustle to reconnect to your first home, Mm -hmm. right? And to really sit in nature and realize the connectiveness of everything and everyone around you. Mm-hmm. And like really allowed yourself to sink into the roots of nature and feel the breeze and feel the trees and feel the breathing of the plants, right? They all breathe like we mm-hmm. do. And they're all like, if we lost all of the plants on this earth, we would die, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of the insects, if they left, we would leave. Like bees alone, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't even yeah. need to yeah. right? But so there's that concept and that's essentially like, a more natural way to induce mindfulness Mm -hmm. and like a more present moment living opportunity for people because we, the way we live today, it's like constant fight or flight. So we have this constant cortisol drip is Mm -hmm. what I call it. Like an IV. Mm -hmm. We just got cortisol dripping into our system all day. And then we're like, I wonder why I don't feel good. (laughs) You're like, (laughs) probably because you have this really, really harsh Mm -hmm. cortisol amount, Mm -hmm. like flooding your system all day. Mm -hmm. And so if you can enable yourself to get into nature, even just two days a month, like I would challenge people who are listening, give yourself the first six months of the year to get into nature two times a month and see if you notice a difference. If you stop after that six months and you don't ever miss it or ever think about it, then carry on. Mm -hmm. right? But there's that. And then Mm -hmm. Japan actually does something called forest baths. What? And yeah. Right. Tell me about (laughs) forest baths. (laughs) You're going to be like booking my flight to Japan. (laughs) I'm I'm sure I will. Um, (laughs) Forest baths. So basically it's because the trees are just forests in general and produce a an immune response themselves that protects them from bacteria. And it's called, um, fight. I'm going to say it wrong, but phytonicides. Okay. And when we breathe that in, we also have a subsequent effect of having increased white blood cells. This is a real scientific study. You can look it up on PubMed, but we have increased blood cell, white blood cell count, right? And for people who are unfamiliar with the science, the white blood cell count, those are like our fighters. They're like our protectors in our blood. So it's 
the benefits of that increased white blood count cell count can last up to 30 days after two nights and three days in nature. And that's super powerful, right? Like if you look at anything that that white blood cells have to deal with, that's crazy, crazy powerful. So in Japan, they do forest baths, which is basically, it's basically a backpacking trip, (laughs) right? But yeah, sounds better. Sounds way cooler as a forest bath. I'm Mm -hmm. going to call it a forest bath now. Me too. No, I can't do it. I'm forest bathing today. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going for a hike. I'm going for, I'm going for a mini, <laughs> mini forest. <laughs> I love that. It's <laughs> so amazing though. That's so, so awesome, right? White blood cells actually increase or they, mm-hmm. they fight harder. They increase. They increase. The wow. count. The yeah. count increases. Yeah. Um, I don't know the number on the count though. So I have to put the article up. If anyone's really sciencey, I'm sure they can look it up. They can Google. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's awesome. Right. Um, and even just like a three hour hike, so, or a three hour walk for a bath, right. That's another part Yeah, is they can just go for three hours. So most people, your first hour in nature, you're going to be like, Right. I have so many other things to be doing. What am I missing? What am I not hearing from my phone? What am I missing? Right. Mm-hmm. What, whose story is posted on Instagram? I'm not going to be able to see. Right. That, that, uh, did I pack my toothbrush feeling? <laughs> right. Yeah. What, what am I, what am I missing? Yeah. And then the second hour is when you kind of start to sink into it a little bit and you mm-hmm. start to kind of let go. Mm-hmm. And then the third hour is when we really just get lost and it's about going slow. Like you're not like running up potato chip mountain, right? You're like, I am walking slowly through the forest and allowing myself time to be mindful and present. And then by the third hour, you're like, dang, this is already over. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to leave. <laughs> And then you have to leave, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's why nature. Um, it allows you to reconnect and center and go back home. And there's actual chemicals that happen. And then the mindfulness and then stopping the fight or flight mm-hmm. and giving you that reset. It's what people want mm-hmm. when they go on retreats and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never, I've never been able to articulate very well what happens, but... Yeah, there's just that feeling of rightness <laughs> of home, you know. Of home. Yeah. And I am a very, very much like my I'm sure if you looked at my cortisol levels on any given day, they're all they're always up there. I'm working, I'm working at okay, not having that happen. But yeah, I can feel everything just go. Good. Force yeah. it's like the quickest way. I feel like to get your cortisol to be like, okay, that's why I don't, I got it. I've got, I'm trying to embrace winter a little bit more like being outside and like when like cold, mm-hmm. I think I was meant for San Diego. So if you want to switch places, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just give this a try. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, like the movie, the holiday where they, <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. I'll just come to your California home and you come to my, <laughs> my winter cottage. So, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I grew up in Colorado, so it'll be fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Um, okay, so I'm going to just do one more question, and then we'll okay. do some rapid fires just for sake of time. Um, Christina, why do we deserve to be healthy? Mm, 
I love that question. Mm-hmm. Oh, everybody deserves to be happy, right? Um, just like everybody deserves to be safe mm-hmm. and everybody deserves to have their basic needs met. Everybody deserves to find happiness, right? Um, I would say that you deserve to be healthy because health is the foundation of every other part of your life. Mm -hmm. And if you can talk to yourself for long enough to convince yourself that you deserve to be happy, then subsequently you will be happy. You will be happy as well as healthy. Your relationships will be flourishing. Your success will be stronger. It will be more, it will have more longevity. Mm. So yeah, you deserve to be happy because it enables you to live a life that you deserve and that you can fill your fullest potential with. Mm, I love that. Yeah. You're kicking these questions out of the park. Thanks. Yep. I took some notes. <laughs> <laughs> They're really good. Um, okay. So I'm just going to answer or have you do some rapid fire questions just because it's fun for me. Okay. For people. No, I love it. <laughs> They're random. Um, okay, so if someone hands you a ticket to anywhere in the world, where is it? New Zealand, Christchurch, oh. South Island, for sure. I want to go there so bad. That's I'm telling you right now, you're going to fly in and you're never going to want to leave. That's why they force you to buy your exit ticket before they even let you into the country. Really? <laughs> yes. Is that a thing? People don't leave. <laughs> It's so pretty. You fly in and it's like mountains on one side covered in snow. On the other side, it's the most beautiful beach you'll ever see in your whole life. You'll be there for two days and then you'll be a part of the community. Mm. Okay. You're like the third person I've talked to about New Zealand in the past week. I think it's a sign. That's definitely a sign. (laughs) Now I just need to sign of a positive bank account. (laughs) Then I'll go. Okay. Um, the second question, brownies, nuts, or no nuts? No nuts. This is an important question, and I like your answer. Okay, good. <laughs> no, no nuts. nuts. <laughs> um, That's how they're, be- they're meant to be that way. <laughs> because it's the texture. It just throws everything if the nuts are in there. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'll still eat them, and I will still love oh, I will never say no to a brownie. No. But no. if it's no nuts, it's better. Okay. Three, you can only do two exercises for the rest of your life. What are they? Okay. So this one, I kind of can cheat a little bit. Okay. So I only lift for like my workout. Like that's like what I do competitively. So there's only Olympic lift is what it's called. Okay. It doesn't mean I've gone to the Olympics. It's very, very misguiding. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like it. to we make people think it. that I do, but no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but for that sport, there's only two lifts that you do. One of them is the snatch and one of them is the clean and jerk. Okay. So if I could only do two exercises for my whole life, it would be a snatch and a clean and jerk. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to look those up on <laughs> yeah, it would be hard to describe in I won't, video I won't. form. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. You have five minutes to live. What do you do? Who do you call? What do you say? Okay. So I was thinking about this <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, honestly, my first instinct to that answer to that question is I just would just sit here and reminisce. Mm -hmm. 
mainly because I spent probably the last three years of my life working really, really hard on all of my relationships and the way that I show up in my relationships because I've experienced so many close friends that have died quickly and unexpectedly. And it's a very loud wake up call to have that and to know that anytime you walk away from somebody you love or you hang up the phone with somebody that you love could be the absolute last time that you ever, ever, ever hear from them. Mm. And the only ever time you ever get to talk to them or hear their voice again. So I spent the last three years like really showing up in my relationships and the way that like, if I walked, if I died today, right? Like this moment I am done. Everyone in my relationships knows that I love them and knows what I love about them and knows what joy they bring to my life. And like, it's been awesome because it's given me the opportunity to expand and like creativity and like make videos for people and like, you know, do things like that and like just be more present in my relationships. But I probably would just sit here and reminisce and like give myself the opportunity to like really feel this like human experience, you know, and take it in for five minutes and be like, dang, that was awesome. You know, like the highs of the extreme of the highs, the extreme of the lows, the beauty of the love, like the beauty of the loss and like the, just like how incredible it is to just like be here and feel and touch and smell and taste and Mm -hmm. interact and learn and earn money and lose money and like, (laughs) you know, find a job, lose a job, like all of it, all of it. Yeah. So it sounds like a lame answer, but I would literally just sit here and reminisce. So I love that answer. It's so good. Yeah. Thank you. You are a beautiful person. Thank you so much for answering all of these questions and talking with me. I was just most, mostly excited about talking to you, which is podcast. Um, okay. So where can you be found? Where are some places people could contact you or if someone was interested in some coaching where should yeah. So misshoyer.com is my website, M-S-H-O-Y-E-R.com. Um, that's also my Instagram, except for it's M-S underscore Hoyer, H-O-Y-E-R. Okay. Um, you can find me also on Facebook. I'm not there very often. I'm more Instagram, website, email. Um, don't ever hesitate to email me, send an inquiry through the site. I know sometimes it can be intimidating if you've never met somebody or send me a message on Instagram. Um, and then, yeah, those are my two main places. Um, super easily accessible and I'll respond as quickly as I can, um, usually within the same day. So perfect. And then I will also put those, if you're listening to this, they are in the show notes. So you can just click and there you go. All right. Well, thank you so much, Christina. Of course. Thanks so much for being here, friend. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love to hear about it. I'm sure Christina would too. So go ahead and leave a review on iTunes. If you're not already subscribed to the Chronically Well podcast, well, get on board because subscribing will automatically download all future episodes for you so you won't miss a single one. And as always, until next time, be sure that the life you are living is a life worth living chronically well.